See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. All right, all right. Hey, hey, hey. Guess what time it is. It's time for Slow Robot to Go Go. Big show number 124. That means nothing. I don't know. You know, it's just 123 before this one. Why are we here? What are we? Who are we? And all that stuff. This is Slow Robot to Go Go dedicated to uh, B through Z grade, forgotten, misbegotten, mishandled, mistreated, uh, Misanthropy, uh, misanthropic, yeah, misanthropic movies from the past. My name's Mao. With me, as always, Doctor Morbius from Parts Unknown, and yay for all of that. So find us on iTunes or Stitcher, and if you do that, would you rate and review the show? Sure would help us out. Would take you about ten seconds. Uh, and uh, you can find us at slowrobotagogo.wordpress.com if you need more Mao in your life. Tune in to uh, Radio Saint Pete. Uh, at 10, 10 p.m. on Sundays for a, a Radio St. Pete exclusive show I do called The Indie Circuit, which I talk a lot, le- a little, talk a little bit and play a lot more music. That's my shtick. What you got going on, brother? Uh, well, that two dimensions. You talk about the three buttons of no, greatness. No, I forgot all Slow about Robot. it. I was like, hey, if they don't know about that, then they're, you know, they're like out of touch. Well, button one, of course, is Slow Robot. So where is this? Slow Robot is us. No, right no, no. I mean, it's you on bunchofdorks.com. Bunchofdorks.com. Okay, bunch cool. Bunchofdorks.com. you got three buttons. The hub of entertainment. <laughs> yes. Slow Robot, which is us, the movies. Mm-hmm. Two Dimension, which is me and Don and, uh, and That's Dallas. stuck in the middle with us. Stuck, stuck in, the in the middle, yeah, with the comic book thing with no direction. Nice. Directionless, completely. And the third one is is the, mm-hmm. the, the, the Bunch of Dorks. Bunch up of to, Dorks. Up to show, what, 9,000 or something <laughs> are you up to? But, B.O.D., this week is going to be 270. Yeah, that's a lot. 270 podcasts. That's a lot of pod. <laughs> it is a lot of pod. It's a lot of my life out there in the open for yeah. no one to hear. So, yeah, that's, uh. that, that's, what, that's what is. Yes, but uh, that's not what's on hand right now. Right now we're talking about movies. Movie. This movie's uh, this movie this week is pretty good. It is good. You know, I liked it for like that. I liked it for like I, well, the actress in it, Allison Hayes. Whoa! Oh yeah, she was beautiful, man. She, Both of them were beautiful, but Allison Hayes is one of my favorites. Wow, and she played Queen Bitch. Queen Bee, perfectly yeah, but, too. She's the fifty foot woman. Yeah, yeah. The original, the real deal. Yeah, she was. All right, so, but yeah. enough of that. With that, let's talk about this. What did you watch this week? Boy, I, I had a really light week. I don't even know where this week went, man. Well, well hey, for me, I had a pretty big week. So oh, but, oh do we, did we talk about the viewer mail before before that? No, let's do the movies. We'll go to the viewer mail. Okay, on, after the music break. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. What I, well, I watched movies. See, this is why I don't like to watch movies. Because I watch movies and I'm thinking, man, maybe we should have just done this movie instead of watching Because <laughs> it fits into our category. But nice. I watched the lovely and the wonderful... Death Wish with Charles Bronson. What a special movie that is. Oh, yeah, is. that is a good movie. It's pretty rough. The first one is very, very over-the-top, just grindhouse rough. Like It's rough, yeah. There's like know. some pretty nasty rape scene and a lot of... A lot of murders, a lot of political uncorrectness in that movie. Yeah. But the, but the thing that really threw me for that movie, because I was going, well, maybe I'll watch a good revenge movie. 
it really isn't a revenge movie. And I'll tell you why right now, which is a spoiler alert for everybody out there. So if you don't want to hear it, you know, whatever. Well, in the beginning, his wife and daughter get raped and killed. The daughter, the wife gets killed, the daughter gets raped, and the rape, the, the daughter turns into like a, almost like a vegetable. Comatose, you know? yeah. Comatose, yeah. So he decides he's going to go out in the street and, you know, ave- you know, avenge crime or whatever. But I figured at the end he was going to run into the people that did the, you know, that killed his wife and, you know, mess with his daughter, and he doesn't. And mm. I was just, I was kind of left like that was weird. I didn't expect that, so I guess it was good and bad. But the thing that was interesting too is that at first Bronson goes out and starts, you know, you know, whacking these guys. But as it keeps going on and on, he almost gets enjoyment out of it. Yeah. You know? So it's a really weird. I'd never seen this movie before. You know, it's one of those oh, really? ones that I never wow. saw it in the seventies. You know, and I know, I know as this that they go uh, as you know it became like a franchise and five of them or whatever. Ugh, they got even yeah. more uh, brutal ball. and cheese ball, but they got brutal too. More you know more rapey and more nasty, oh, yeah. but more cartoony. But yeah, this is an interesting movie in, in, in that it wasn't what I expected. So there you go. That's number one. Nice. Number two, a movie we should we should watch. But, you know, and I think the movie, this movie gets maybe put down a little bit, but I, I didn't find it that bad. I actually got a lot, some good laughs out of it is Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. It's not a oh. bad movie. It's a funny movie. People say, nah, it's not a good, it's not a good, the first two. It might not be as good as the first one. Maybe I, 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 they're maybe all the same to me. I like them yeah, all the same. It's, it's I, don't kinda, know. I mean, there were some parts that weren't funny, but there's some parts in this movie that kill me. And I remember <laughs> seeing it. When I was younger, and me and my friends like using lines from this movie, like, oh yeah, to make jokes. So it still holds up, you know, in its own stupid way. Cheech and Chong or just Cheech and Chong? Yeah, you know what I mean, like I, yeah. I, I don't know how you could like say, oh, this one was funny, this one wasn't. Well, there's, funny. The, like, there's that one, the Corsican yeah, Brothers. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that might be a little, you know, that doesn't the, fit into the same. That doesn't that. count. Yeah, uh, yeah, I only watched some of that, and I was like, mm, yeah, we're done here. But the other ones, all the other ones, I like. Yeah, things are tough all over, and that's the only. That's, I think there's a couple of other ones, but I don't know. Get out of my room, I've never seen, and I guess there's another one. Yeah. That, but it, it's it's a funny. If you like these guys, it's definitely worth watching. It's on Netflix. Both of these are all four of these I got off Netflix. So, nice. That's cool. All right, and then a couple of documentaries. Uh, one called "Beware of Mr. Baker," about the great musician drummer Ginger Baker of Cream and other things. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He is a scary old man now. Why is it called Beware of? Well, um, because the guy who went to interview him uh, really pushed his way into interview. He had interviewed him before and wrote an article about him, but Ginger Baker's living in South Africa now, and he's broke, but he's got a big farm, and he raises polo horses and all that, but he's basically broke. So this guy wanted basically to interview him to make a documentary, and Ginger's kind of old and bitter and nasty really oh uh, yeah oh, that's and uh he's he's pretty short and at and at the end of the movie with the most famous scene is when he's leaving he goes well you know ginger i'm now that i'm done i'm going to start i want to interview some of your friends and ex-wives and ginger baker's like no you're not and he goes well what do you mean i'm not i got to do it to complete this movie he goes if you if you interview these people i'll Send you to the hospital, and the guy goes, "Come on, man, give me a break!" And Ginger Baker like goes nuts and punt and hits him in the face with a cane and breaks his nose. And then the guy's like, "What the hell did you do?" or whatever. And then, but then they patch it up or whatever, you know. So it's like, it's insane. And basically, Ginger Baker didn't make any money off Cream. 
because even though he played on the records, he didn't write any of them. So it's basically like Jack Bruce made all the money or wow. most of it. And Clapton went on to better things. And even though Ginger Baker is a great musician and a drummer. And basically, that don't matter for nothing if you don't have money. And, yeah, and basically a jazz drummer. And and he he was basically the first drummer that changed it from like you know four four B you know Rango yeah. to like you know hey look at you know I'm doing like all the fancy jazz fills and all that stuff and now wow. he's destitute so he had to sell his farm and you know and now I guess he's just recording again but he's like seventy and he's like he's got all these he's got emphysema and he's he's pretty ill but he's one of these skinny wiry old guys that that's Shh. not kicking yet and and I have also heard that whenever he's in trouble like. Clapton and Bruce send him a few bucks and I help him out. And then that Cream reunion in 2005 was basically to to help out Jack Bruce, who they thought was dying, but he he got a liver transplant and he's okay Jesus. now. And Ginger Baker to help him out. So you know, you know, it's an interesting documentary. It's worth watching. It's really odd, not odd. I guess everyone travels their own path in life, but it's really odd when you th- when you think of these bands like. And then you find out, you know, like, well, a famous one was like um, Motley Crue. Now, I, I mean, I know that's not your thing, but they were a powerhouse. They were fill, they were selling out shows, blah, blah, blah. And w- one of the guys from that, uh, not the, was it the guitar player or the Nikki bass player? Nikki Six. No, 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 not Nikki Six. The other, like, there's another guy the, what, that looks like a demon, kind of. You mean the drummer, Mick, I mean, the guitarist, Mick Mars? Yeah. Or, well, he's really he, ill. Yeah, he, they found him on a mattress, like... He he was like broke, and you're like, how he, are you broke when you he, have? He was on a show. Yeah. No, he was on a show the other day. He's actually got some kind of a bone disease that right. prevents his movement. But I don't know how he come. He got destined. But that's what I mean. I like, know. and this was right after. This wasn't like, and yeah. the, and you and you uh, you kind of go, man, you had you were like everything. You had everything. How how did how did you get here? Well, you know, well, Ginger Baker liked his polo ponies. He wasn't selling, making hit records anymore. Probably he was, liked his women, so he had many wives, yeah, and they were going to yes. take a portion of everything. He, he every liked time. to spend his money. He liked to live life, mm-hmm. and he wasn't. He didn't. He as great as he is, he's not Eric Clapton. Right. And, and and as great yeah. as Jack Bruce is, he's made all he's made all his money off the royalties from the reissues of Cream, and Ginger yeah. didn't either. Yeah. So, so I always kind of thought like if I ever did, if I ever hit something, if ever if something I ever did hit, you know. I would go as best as I could, as long as I could, and then my only job would be to never have to have a job again. Like, yeah. I would just, all I would do is care for my money and make sure I did nothing that would ever jeopardize that I would never have to go to work again in my life. Because people would go, oh, you'd be so bored. <laughs> you lack imagination if you're bored. Like, I don't need a job to be happy in life. Like, you know, but that's all I would do. I would just make sure, whatever. I'd put myself on a budget of, like, of those millions, my, my salary is 90000 a year. And if I can't live on that one, well, I don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Like it's well, it, well, like but that's, these guys are rock and roll, man. And these I guys know. are like, I mean, Ginger Baker's talks about the first time he met his one of his idol drummer. The guy brought him down to the basement to listen to some music, and the first thing the guy did was shoot heroin in front of him and yeah. told him, oh, yeah. "Hey, don't do it." You know, and of course, Ginger said, "Okay, I won't." And then of course he did, and that was the that was the deal, man. These guys were the real deal. These guys aren't mm-hmm. like you know, hey, I'm playing around. These guys. Took oh, it yeah. seriously and took everything and uh, every every they were jazz. He was a jazz guy, so he took everything yeah, to, to the, the to the limit. Yeah, and well, that's, that's why he's a great drummer. You know, Jason Newstead was like that from uh, uh, Jason Newstead from Metallica. He's the bass player. Now he's been replaced. He retired, and he was so frugal with his money. Like he played for fifteen years, and now he does other projects. He's in other bands and stuff like that. But he all he did all the time when they were even when they're touring like. He would eat just sandwiches and stuff like that instead of going out to, for meals because now he never has to work again. 
and that's his only goal. You it's, know, it's about it's about publishing and royalties and writing. And if, if you yeah. don't write if you don't write the part of the song, if you don't have a, a piece of the action, yep, yep, you're gonna get screwed. Yeah, and I, I think newer bands now also use the old guys that did get screwed out of stuff as the business model of what to do. Like, like, like they're smart enough to say, no, no, I'm getting part of the, all the royalties from now until forever. And something, you know, like they build it into their contracts cause they've seen what happens to yeah. those guys, you know? Yeah. So they paved the way or they helped pave the way. And one what last, one last one. And, uh, this was, this was interesting because I, I knew some, I knew some of her story, but I didn't know how rough it was. It's called Betty Page Reveals All. Ooh. You know who Betty Page is, right? Oh, yeah. The fifties yeah. models. Well, yeah, she, uh. She's she's extremely. It starts off by showing you all this fashion show where everybody's like doing Betty Page imitations and they're all and right. and the reality is she had a rough life, man. You know she was basically like came out. I think it was Alabama or Arkansas where she was from, and she was like one of six kids, and the family was crappy. Like the dad molested the kids, Jesus and it Christ. yeah, it was rough, you know. And then she went out on her own, and you know made herself a little modeling career. Went to Hollywood, married a guy. And then, you know, ended up doing modeling and then just ended up doing like the tease modeling and then the bondage thing and then a little bit new stuff, but never anything like hardcore, you no, know? No, no, no. It was always very provocative. Provocative for the 50s. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like the, she's like the you know, even though Marilyn Monroe's considered, she's like the, the sex icon of the 50s because she pushed the limit of it. And she had charisma that even though she wasn't no, like she a was movie a star, she, she was so... Hurt, that they were talking about her saying how she of all the models that they would photograph she's the one who acted the most she, she yeah. when they said hey be sad be mean be whatever she had that she had that she could do it. special yeah. thing but she had a rough life you know mm. she married a few times she actually lived in the 60s and 70s in South Florida in Hialeah where I used to live wow. so that's funny but she was already in her 40s back did then did she know she was such a she I did not know until she was such a like a cultural icon no she did not know it what happened was was she had gone into real hard times. Like, she developed, like, she basically found, I, I forgot how exactly it happened, but somewhere in the 70s, she had some episodes. She blacked out an episode and episodes, and she basically was diagnosed as the paranoid schizophrenic. So the shut-in, she was, like, she had So problems. she had, like, they gave her meds and treatments and wow. stuff like that. And then she was, like, hurting. So she went to L.A., I think, and then... Like in the 80s, this artist, comic book artist called Dave Stevens, who created this book, comic book, The Rocketeer, mm -hmm. drew her into it. And then that started this fascination because people started going like, oh, I remember that model. Yeah, she's like, my dad used to have books with her in it. And that whole thing started. And then Dave Stevens actually became her friend and helped her. And then like he got, he basically, he really got Hugh Hefner involved because she was a playmate mm. in 55. And wow, Hefner okay. basically... Helped her out for the rest of the career, got her a manager, and got her like some money because all this pro all these products with her likeness were being printed. Just, just, oh my God! She nothing. was getting no money because she was like almost on the street, you know. So, but but the weirdest thing about it is that at the beginning of the movie or around the beginning of the movie, they show her funeral, and you see like at a church, you see people like Hugh Hefner and stuff like that, but. The pastor is this guy Robert Schuler, who's a really famous televangelist, you know. And, but I guess he was a friend of Betty Page because the weird thing about her was she was a very staunch Christian, but she really didn't think what she did was that wrong, you right, know. Right. Well, they're just he, pictures. Because the, she went to a priest and said, uh, uh, she went to a church, and the the pastor said, 
She said, look, I, I don't know if God will forgive me. I've taken my clothes off. I did that. And the guy said, basically, if you, you know, this, you know, in the Bible, this, this, I forgot what, what um, person it was, mm. did this and God forgave him. So, of course, he's going to forgive you. And then, you know, she basically found God, but she doesn't regret anything that she did. But she doesn't, she also didn't think that what she did was bad either, you know. And, right. when, well, and, and when they made a movie yeah. about her called The Notorious Betty Page, she actually got P.O. because she didn't think she was notorious. Right. Because she basically said, well, if God made you naked, well, no, then notorious. what's the problem, you know? she uh, Well, she had a problem with the word. The word negatively, but she I... She took a negative content of it. Because notorious could be just known for. Like, yeah. That, that's, yeah. It is, yeah. does have a negative connotation. Is she still alive? No, she passed away, but the whole movie is... Is in is in they don't show her. She never she never since like 1970. You've never seen her. She didn't want her picture being shown. So she's interviewed. So she could hide. So she's she's yeah. in she's interviewed throughout. So you basically all remember you remember the pictures and you don't you know what I mean you well, know which is fine yeah. which is good you know so but it's basically her being interviewed and talking about you know all the experiences and all that. She has no regrets you know no, I mean obviously yeah. obviously you know it's bad that. The, the early it's, childhood, but you it's know. bad that she didn't get cash in. That's yeah. what that's what's Toward bad. The like end she did. Oh, okay, the good because you know I'm not really big into like the even actresses where I say wow she's really hot or she's really pretty. Yeah. I or, or and models and fashion pictures it does nothing for me. Not nothing, but it's I don't like go oh, oh my god. But there's a few, and she was one that just she 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 she, she, she was just like striking and. Sexy, like I don't ever pick up pictures and go, "Wow, that woman's really sexy." Except for a few, and she was one where you were like, when I was a kid, I was like, "Wow!" And like, the th- and the thing about knockout, it, knockout, she, like you know, she also gave it a, a feeling for the most part of fun. Yeah, so it was like, like it wasn't fun. So, it wasn't yeah. dirty. You know, so but, but very, you know. very good, very good documentary. Again, That's it, cool. It's on Netflix and check it out. Wow. All right. Now I have. Uh, let's see. I don't have very many. I was. Oof. I was kind of this week went away and I don't know where it went. It's just gone. Okay, so I watched I watched a one season. This is on Netflix of a TV show. I don't know if it must be only on for one season. It was called Forgotten World. And what this one it was six episodes, two cities per episode. They go into these places that are just gone. The city the city is still standing standing there, but no one lives there and no one has lived there for a long time mm-hmm. like like that, of course, Chernobyl was one, you know, blah blah blah. That one that was right outside of Chernobyl, but uh, Detroit. Yeah, I was gonna say Detroit. Detroit, yeah. where there's this gigantic portion yeah. of the city just yeah. falling in on itself, and and it was just, it was incredible. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. I'd love, I could go into one of those ghost towns and look around in every building for like a month, I bet. But it was just one of yeah, oh yeah. But it was just like that. It was just, and you kind of look, and it's partially sad. But it's very like wow, you you don't realize yeah, I know this exactly stuff. What you mean, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it just was t- touching and very emotionally. You know, I ripped I ripped through all six of them in like one day. I did like it a power a, it watch. Was, it's a documentary on all these. No, cities. no, no. It's it's a TV show that Netflix has, but it must have been short lived because so they it, have x they have six episodes. But is it is it is it acted? Is it is there actors in there? No, no, no. It's a documentary style. Oh, it's a like, documentary. But okay. but it's six it's six episodes. It was a TV show where they would just go in. And they would um, they would show it with the video, and then a lot of them had like uh, either somebody that used to live there or whatever, and then they'd have a uh, they a lot of people were those ex- urban explorers they call them that they go in with cameras and whatever, but and it was in like somewhere in California, somewhere in uh, Utah, 
one was in the, like the world or the most polluted city in, in the United States, and it was just this little like it was gross. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then I actually watched a documentary on Ed Hardy. Now, Ed Hardy has become like the poster child for like gaudy, stupid shirts and like douchebaggery. I want to call it like. I don't even know who the guy is. Ed Hardy is a really incredibly talented uh, tattoo artist and oh. art and artist. He he sculpted that '60s style where it was Asian influenced, but very like almost like Cupid doll looking sort of like the like. It was the, he has a lot of really good art, and he's a very talented artist. Um, but what happened was, at some point, um, he started merchandising. This was like just recently, in the late, late 90s, early 2000s, or maybe mid-2000s. And uh, like the MMA dudes latched onto it. And then there was everything was Ed Hardy. So, it, it, of course, it quickly backlashed into, oh, that's douchebag clothing, like... Uh-huh. Like you know, like like people that wear that are a certain type of person, and generally they're not fun to be around or talk to. Mm, okay. Um, but and and if you like the stuff, sorry everyone, whatever. That's just my interpretation. But his artwork is insanely like iconic. You know, he's almost like the same as like Coop, or you know, or like a Dirty Donnie, or some of those guys that do the concert posters where you look at it and you're like, wow. These guys are like really talented. T- t- totally a generation that's lost to me, bro. <laughs> right, right back there. Clue. These two. I've seen those guys, no, but that, I didn't no, that's just, Coop, that's Dirty Donnie, I, that's a. Uh, I've seen them and they're nice. They look like red, uh, black light posters, but I've never heard of them before. You. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Ever. Sorry. Well, that's like maybe they're just current guys, but. No, they're probably uh, like ten, fifteen years. You know. Yeah, they've been doing it for a while. Uh, yeah, Coop, heard. Coop. I, I think a lot of the stuff I like is more is like the hot rod uh, culture has it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if these guys are in the hot rod culture currently, then I kind of gravitate towards them or whatever. But uh, so Hardy is still doing stuff. He got away from the tattooing because he said it was really difficult. But it was a, uh, it was a fun, it was a fun documentary. You know, what's it called? It, I was just, I don't know, I don't remember the actual name of it. It was just an Ed Hardy documentary. It was I'll like, take a look at it. I mean, um, you'd you'd probably like it. He's not like this weird extreme guy or anything like that. He. He looks like like a neighbor or something like like a guy that would have a brief. So he draws case. in that style like those, like a comic booky style or something like that. Sorta. Of. He's a little bit different. Okay. He's a little bit more um, like fifties and forties style sailor tattoos. Okay, because like, there was a guy that used to do the fifties stuff. It was Mitch O'Connell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He used to do like the fifties, like um, you know, like those those when you bought when you went to Arnold's Drive-In, you know, like those <laughs> funny logos and pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll show you some of his work yeah, because yeah, I'd like to see it's it, very. Yeah. Um, he's very talented. He he even went to Yale for um, oh. art, for art. Okay. So he he does all that stuff, and then but he really he always wanted to be a tattoo artist. Like his whole life, when he since he was wow, ten, they have pictures of him when he was ten years old, and he would he, he used to paint, yeah, the kids and yeah, stuff yeah, like that, yeah. and like it was it, like that's his entire calling has been built for that. I don't understand the tattoo culture. Um, I don't get it one bit. I don't mind it. I don't have any. Um, I I, I like it, but eh, I don't know. It, it, it reminds me of that Ray Bradbury, the Illustrated Man, you know, <laughs> like that movie. With, yeah, uh, it got. With uh, oh, Rod Steiger's in yeah. that movie. Yeah. It got very... I liked it, but now it seems like it's almost everyone has one, so now I don't like it. Like, I liked it before when some people had them, and that was okay. But now, yeah. like, but now, like, everyone in the world has one, and you're like, well, you know... I don't I've want seen, one because... I've seen so many pretty girls with, like, these, like, <sighs> sleeves on their arms, and it's yeah. like... I mean, I'm sure they're beautiful tattoos, but it's just like... 
Yeah. You know, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't do anything for me. I don't mind them. A friend of mine has them. Oliver, Clo- Oliver Klozov has them yeah, everywhere. The dude, I don't care. You know, and you know? uh, and the, my, my friend from the bike shop uh, actually has his own his own classic tattoos down here locally. Yeah, dude's whatever. Yeah. You know, you know, I don't give a crap. <laughs> All right, we're, let, let's go to a music or a, t- a trailer break, and we'll be right back. Well, folks, Mama's wrong again. <laughs> no kind of saying it's you're wrong. Mama's right. Prepare yourself for the most frightening experience of your life. They came from within. A motion picture that takes you beyond your wildest nightmares. They came from within. If this picture doesn't make you scream and squirm, you'd better see a psychiatrist. Quick. They came from within. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. You'll meet her at night, in a dark place. She's beautiful. And she'll be waiting for you. Waiting to love you to death. New World Pictures presents The Velvet Vampire. She'll love you to death. And on the same bill, this second horror shocker, Scream of the Demon Lover. Was he a man, or was he the depraved monster resurrected from a grisly death to stalk the night with a loathsome craving which only the most unspeakable horrors could satisfy? You'll find out when you hear The Scream of the Demon Lover. It may be the last sound you hear. See The Velvet Vampire and Scream of the Demon Lover, both in shocking color, rated R. If you see them at night, don't walk home alone. Hey, hey, it's your old pal Krusty for my new pork sandwich, The Clogger. If you can find a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico. <laughs> okay, well, you know, originally our middle section was going to be a this or that, but, uh, we got a, we got a really like a big uh, email like a, like one of our listeners uh, wrote in which is really awesome we always love that my buddy uh, Joust yeah your buddy Joust here you you read it off of, can you you uh, care you gotta give me a little bit of light here and there shall be light and thank you for taking the time to write in it was really nice it's a it's a thorough uh, email yeah <laughs> like, you, I, I'm used to seeing like five words or less you know what i mean like i'm like uh this wasn't a tweet i'll, I'll do my best i'll do my best joust so how, how long so you know you I've know this since 85 oh cool all right great. yeah 30 years yeah. and he like he likes the show he listens oh yeah he really he likes the shows he likes the movies he thinks we're funny he likes like likes the always what we have to say always you know? a very very nice to meet someone who appreciates you know this stuff so good all right, Thank you. I'm gonna nice try, meeting you, Dallas. I, I'm going to try to get through this as much as I can. I hope I don't screw up too many words, but basically... Does, does he have the video game Joust? No. Oh, we should get... If I ever find one really cheap, I'm going to buy it for him. And, and we'll just mail it to him. It, it, he, he says if he ever comes <laughs> down here, because he lives in Ocala, yeah. he'd want to come on the show Oh, that'd be fun. Out, Why so not? Yeah, I'll bring him over here. But anyway, this is from the desk of K. Marshall Joust. <laughs> not his real name, by the way, but... Uh, He's the arbiter of artistic legitimacy. Nice. So are, does that mean we can be we can actually say that in our our podcast is like we legi- can we are legitimately artistic? Yes. Nice. Yes. So that's see now he, he has arbit- arbitrated that we are. <laughs> 
Get, get that <laughs> notarized we have, immediately. We have artistic I'm, legitimacy. I'll, I'll take it to our HR department and make them notarize it. I'll be like, boom, yes. <laughs> In your face, other podcasts. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hello, boys. Well, I just wanted to drop you a note and let you know how much I enjoy and appreciate your little podcast. Little podcast? <laughs> it's not the size of your podcast. It's how you use it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's 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 pleasant to hear you two sharpies. Sharpies, what are we like? (laughs) Magic markers shooting the shinola about movies that are um, we're sleeping in teals. Yeah, right. (laughs) Of a shall we say modest pedigree? Okay. No, no, he's talking. He's talking about the movies that we do. Like, yeah, I know. know. (laughs) Funny so far. I think they have a high pedigree, depending on like how modest your brain is. You're the only person that thinks that. Sorry, even me. No, there's a couple. There's a couple. Okay, a couple. Right. Not the, you're not the only one. Right? I'm not the right. only one, not you know. But if I was, it'd be great because I'd, I'd be the only member of the club. Then, Dude, that would know? be awesome. You'd be yeah, like, it would be awesome. The no girls allowed club and the no, you know, the, the no <laughs> bad mouthing my movies. Yeah, club. exactly. Yeah. Nice. Okay, if memory serves you correctly, on episode 100, you both revealed your top 10 favorite films. Of course, they sparked my interest, and I've been inspired to bring my own list to light. So the alarms were disabled. The secret vaults were all. Compromise and away we go. Nice. But first, some pop, some animal mentions. Okay, <laughs> North by Northwest, Hitchcock. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a good one. 1984. Yeah, this film becomes more relevant every day. It turns me into an Edmund O'Brien fan too. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty interesting movie. It didn't that happen. A, in, it didn't happen in '84, but it's happening now. now. That's an interesting movie. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. I'm gonna paraphrase a little bit, Jow. So. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth from 77, the greatest rendition of the greatest story ever told. Okay. The Deer Hunter. Um, a good movie. I've seen it. Not, I'm not sold on it, but it says here, I'm not sold on this one as much as I used to be, but Walden, Walken makes it worth the while. Just for the Walken. <laughs> yeah, it does he, he makes everything worthwhile. And, and his favorite, uh, favorite superhero movie would be Iron Man, and that's a good one. But, but, but this one's interesting. Fast Times at Richmond High. I went, huh? Really? No, I like that. I like Fast Times. It's a funny movie, but I was like, huh? But then again, this isn't my list. But he goes, obviously, yeah. Sean Penn's finest acting, fa- finest acting performance is found here. But the real story is this. Phoebe Cates' pool scene constitutes <laughs> 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 the most important and transcendent few moments in all the history of cinema. <laughs> Well, okay, it's one of them anyway. <laughs> I, I'm with him. I, I'll go it, with it, yeah, it, I, I, you. I, I'm a believer. You're right. <laughs> okay, now he's got his bubbling under my top ten list. The Thin Man, okay, yeah, Nick and Nora, good stuff. Topper, you know, what's funnier than a twerpy Englishman dithering about my, with a pesky ghost only he can see? My parents loved Topper. I didn't I, I, I've seen show. it, I've seen it, I've watched it. No, they had all the movies on VHS, they like loved them. They watched there them a go. lot, you know. So you know them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Planet of the Apes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, As an eight-year-old, yeah. seeing this film was a major, major event. I still get chills. Uh, wherever I hear the horn fanfare when Chuck sees the mounted gorilla uh-huh. soldiers for the first time. Yeah, I agree. You know what? I don't, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, uh, go, go ahead. The, I like the old ones. I actually, the new ones are kind of very exciting. The, I've never seen the new ones. The, I don't hate them. I, I, and, I mean, and I, I am kind of usually like on the I hate you remake stuff yeah, or, yeah. or moving things along. They're not works of art. They're not as good as the first one. They're watchable. But I like them. Okay. Like they kind of, when you watch them, you're like, Oh, that's that's kind of cool. They're like sci-fi-ish, and you know they they give it a little bit of a of a, a different slant, but it remains faithful, I think. 
you know. I'll have to check it out. It's a it's a CG gasm, yeah, CG gasm, which is part of the problem. But I I still liked it. You know, I like them. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. Give it, oh, try, try it. But I will know? try it. I will try it. You know. Try it. You'll like it. As you'll come <laughs> try up. it. You're like, manja, manja. And then you can go, hey, Mikey, he likes it. He likes it. Or some shit like that. I don't know. Anyway, The Graduate. This is the Dustin Hoffman's <laughs> first. This is Star Turn. This is an effective 60s relic all about sexual politics and, inherent alien, and the inherent alienation of the age. Okay, Hoffman proves, proves to be an excellent face actor. Mrs. Mel Brooks and Bancroft's behavior makes this then young boy feel awkward and anxious. Catherine Ross had the beauty of a goddess. This film rates a lofty 7 on the AFI, AFI Top 100. Okay. Yeah. Now, Straw Dogs. Ex- that's a revenge movie, buddy. Wow. More Dustin. Great movie. He writes, The message of this movie, never leave your bear trap at the front of the stairs. No doubt about that. Uh, Heat, a movie that I didn't see, but I don't like the crime stuff, as you'll find out later. It was a white-eyed crime story from Michael Mann and the last gaps of greatness from De Niro and Pacino. Huh? Uh, De Niro kind of became a comedian after that. uh, Meet the Fockers. Yeah, and then The Wizard (laughs) of Oz would be, yeah, that's a classic. See, I like The Wizard of Oz. I I do. I mean, it's... I usually don't make... It doesn't make my top ten list, and I don't know why. Like, it should, kind of, but I, I really... It's a great story. It's a great rendition. I really... There's nothing I could ever say it's bad about movie. it. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Not only that, but you can you can listen to uh, Dark Side of the Moon I've done that, and it, it does work. Yeah, I did it, too. It, yeah. it works kind of eerily well. But only for half the movie. Yeah, I know, and it just stops dead, and you're like, okay, well, then they didn't do this on purpose. It's just a very odd... <laughs> it's. I like doing it. When I did it, I was like... I was kind of stunned. I was... Did you have a few beers? No. Straight, straight ass, nothing. Sober watching it, I was like, wow, this is kind of almost eerie. Okay. You know, I, I liked it. Um, but I, I think maybe it's just because I always tend to go more for the action, the sci-fi, the stuff like that. Like, that, that, they, that, that one doesn't make my top ten. You know, the, okay. the, the, but it, it's a great movie, you know. All right, now his top ten. Boom. And, and I'm going to go through these because we're running, we're getting low on time here. But Blade Runner, yeah, we both agree. Yeah, Blade Runner. It's good. not on my top ten, but now it wasn't my top ten. But I wish, I wish they would have. Uh, I wish they just would have stuck with one version. Yeah, the the one that I saw first. There's like it there. thirty versions of that movie. It's an awesome movie though. It kicks all kinds of ass. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This it's Philip K. Dick that this taught dystopian fable. And it grows old. The man versus God versus android as man conflict is conflict uh, upli- unflinchingly conflicting. Yeah, Ford is great. Yeah, Hauser's intimidating. And Sean Young and Daryl Hannah were hot, hot, hot. No doubt about that. Taxi Driver, number nine. A very depressing movie, but it's, <laughs> but it's Robert De Niro's... Uh, yeah, know, wow. Best he he was psychotic in that. And Harvey Keitel was, you know, disturbing. And the whole thing between him and Jodie Foster was bizarro. But this is in the great movie, number eight, Mad Love. This is the one where Peter, Peter Laurie became a horror guy with his... Uh, you, the image of him with the shaved head and the hands, the metallic uh, hands and all that—that's a—that's strong. I don't image, know that man. movie. Oh uh, God, just look at just look it up and you'll see. Yeah. It. It's, it's his best one. Well, one of his best ones anyway. Mighty Joe Young. Yeah, if it's not going to be Kong, it should be Mighty Joe Young. It's a—it's King Kong with a happy ending, as he writes. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, Christmas Carol, also known as Scrooge. Yeah, great Christmas movie from '51. A British. A British deal. It's got young. It's got Patrick McNee, who was in the Avengers. Remember John Steed and Alistair Sim, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a fun movie. Casablanca, The Maltese Falcon. Yeah, we all know oh, those. Yeah. Those are classics. I don't ever. I don't watch them, but I appreciate them more than anything else. Yeah. They're almost like 
It's almost like Citizen Kane. I watched it once, and I appreciate it more than I. Than yeah, I, watched I have it. Casablanca. If you ever want to borrow it, but yeah, I'm sure you don't. I mean, I have it on that like the the the, the Mongo re-release with the blah 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 and you know the thing and stuff and the extras. number four where has, he's got another two for the godfather one and two and and he does write here that yes they were released in a chronological order as one long three-hour uh-huh. movie so i guess you could lump them together or whatever he goes but he writes while certain individuals i know <coughs> have trouble viewing mafioso with measures of ambiguity i always <laughs> found this looking to the world that i would never otherwise know to be endlessly fascinating yeah i guess i think it's just been overdone well I saw the first Godfather movie in the theater. Mm. I liked it. It made an impression on me. But then, you know, it's like it's like Exorcist movies. I don't like them either. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the Exorcist. Then I don't. I, I never. It's, it's a movie I don't like to watch. Yeah. I watched it once. I watched it once, and I'm like, it ooh, that's kind of weird. me out. It's kind of mm. yucky, and you know, it's kind of like uh, something that you know. But these are great, better movies in a way. The Black Cat. This is the first pairing of Boris and Bella. Represents elegant horror at its finest. Karloff has his language decadent serpentine best. Lugosi is fully up for the challenge. If Boris is the cobra here, Bella's the mongoose, <laughs> ready to engage and annihilate his foe. The Bauhaus-like architecture and interiors give this movie a feel like no other. In the end, only an ill-reasoned gunshot saves Karloff from peeling like an onion. Good movie, though. Number two, yeah, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't put number two in my top ten. But it's a movie that made an well, impression okay. on me. It doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Fun. An impression on me back in '86 was Blue Velvet. Did you ever see Blue Velvet yeah, with David Lynch? Yeah. Back then, that was a pretty messed up movie with yeah, Frank Booth and a severed human ear flying. Don't in. you remember the story about Blue Velvet? No. What was the story of it? We used to drink at my friend Jack's house every weekend. We drink like hell, you know, just drink and drink and drink because we were teenagers at that point, so we were like getting just shit face hammered. <laughs> and and every time we'd watch. The same kind of movies, we, you know, like there was like like I said, the Amazon went on the moon, but one yeah. of them, and we always watched um, Sleeper, yeah, and one of them was Blue Velvet, but his copy cuts off at like with twenty minutes left. I've never seen the end, but I've seen Blue Velvet like eighty times. <laughs> Without watching the end of Never it? Never saw the end of it because it would cut off and we'd be hammered. I would go, ah, and then we'd put it in some stupid movie like, you know, Amazon Women on the Moon. And I've never seen the ending of it and I'm like scarred emotionally. So now I've kind of just said, I'm never watching it. I'm never going to watch the end well, of just it. Just watch the last 20 minutes. Nope. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to leave it like as my drunken, blurry teen haze and that's it. It's a great movie, but. It is a great movie. <laughs> Sucking on that, Ethan. <laughs> Anne yeah. Hanukkah, we're drinking Pops Blue Ribbon. Yeah, this is, where are we? We're in pussy heaven or whatever. <laughs> Strange. So many one-liners. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and David Lynch's best movie, as far as I'm concerned. Number one, of course. Number I, one. I knew this. I knew this. And I agree. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yes, this famous monster rally is any monster kid's dream country. It's a hell of a bargain, too. Not only do you get Abbott and Costello, but you get Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, and the Invisible Man at the end. The film brings a warmth and nostalgic joy to my heart that no other can match. While the femme fatale, Lenore Albert, is drab and underwhelming, this detraction does little to kill the fun. I only have one question. At the end of the film, when all the scary stuff seems to have passed away, why, oh, why was Vinnie Price waiting for the boys in this little dinghy and in the nude, no less, while he was the invisible man? <laughs> so, okay, well, he goes, well, yes, that's it. Yes, my lads, you have just experienced a substantial conveyance of wisdom, so what's next? How should I follow this message? Missive. 
I keep screwing up his words, but one might suggest that my top ten most despised films of all time would constitute a useful document. Ah, yes. but really, this is too easy. The list is constituted <laughs> by Forrest Gump. I agree. The top five grossing Barbara films, Barbara Streisand films, and the top four grossing Will Smith films. The order doesn't really matter. <laughs> Courage, K. Marshall Jaws, June 2014. Well, I will say uh, it was very touching. We should, we should post this on the Facebook page in all its glory so people can okay, read it. Okay, I will. You have the. You I have can do the, it. Uh, yeah. I will say uh, thank you very much. It was very touching you. to have someone put that much thought and effort into writing us. That's right. Um, usually it's just a very slight blurb, and this was uh, what a wonderful surprise. Thank you very much, Joust. Um, and your okay, reward will be joust. if I ever do come across a, a, a Joust arcade machine for twenty bucks or less, I will buy it and fix it up for you and give it to you as a gift. He's got a young son, which would who, who would love to play with it, I'm sure. And he'd probably be like, "This game sucks. I'm gonna go play Candy Crush." Right, but whatever. We'll Thanks out. very much. We're gonna take a quick trailer break, and then it's on to our movie du jour. It, what could it be? I don't know. Do you know? Uh, it's some. It, we got some more or something. Yeah, some more or something. Why don't you get a job, Spicoli? What for? You need money. <laughs> All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Now you listen to me. I didn't volunteer for this. And when you good people hired me to come take care of your garbage, nobody was there telling me how to do the job. Now, you don't like it? It's a little late to be wanting to get involved. Chris Christopherson and Jan Michael Vincent in Vigilante Force. I have friends here who are accusing me of being part of whatever the hell is going on. The story of two brothers who fought over a town. I'm the one that brought you here, and I'm the one that's going to run you out. And a woman. My sentence here is up. I've got to fight over another girl, Ben. Chris Christopherson and Jan Michael Vincent. You know, it's always been me against the rest of them. But I thought you was on my side. I always was. In the final showdown, only one will walk away. Vigilante Force. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. War gods of the deep. Are they men or monsters? Born before time began, raging up from 10,000 fathoms beneath the sea. Half devil, half fish, all evil. These are the war gods of the deep. Vincent Price rules a madman's empire, peopled by nameless terrors spawned of evil with the cunning of man, the body of a fish, and the ravening cruelty of the killer shark. Here in the deep, you will experience the most fantastic of adventures when you see War Gods of the Deep, starring Vincent Price, Tab Hunter, Susan Hart, and David Tomlinson, filmed in color scope from American International. War Gods of the Deep takes you deep into the new world of terror. Meanwhile, the population exploded and intelligence continued to decline until humanity was incapable of solving even its most basic problems, like garbage, which had been stacked for centuries with no plan whatsoever, leading to the great garbage avalanche of 2,505, which would set in motion the events that would change the world forever. All right. And that, of course, that first sound blurb was in honor of, you know... Of Joust and, yeah, his, Joust and his Phoebe Cates moment. Nice. And what do we? This is the story of the the zombies of Manny Teow. 
Oh, Manny Tam. Yeah, it's the zombie. The the zombie that's going to be across the middle linebacking position of (laughs) of an NFL team. (laughs) Man, Ty (laughs) Tam. Yeah, that that jerk. Yeah, yeah. The zombie of man He's actually a starter now. Why so not? He's actually yeah. like a decent oh, player. Yeah. He just had that stupid fake girlfriend kind of okay. strangeness. Anyway, moving on. What are we talking about this week? We're talking about the great, great, the late, great, beautiful Allison Hayes in one of my favorite movies of hers, The Zombies of Maratau. Kind of like a 1950s, kind of like a bridge between the early zombie movie, like White Zombie, yeah. and then 10 years later, the upcoming Night of the Living Dead. Right, when they chan- it kind of changed everything. Um, yeah. This, it's a very simple story. Um, group of explorers on a ship know where there's a diamond, sunk diamond ship. Um, it's cursed. Everyone that's ever come to get it has been killed by this cur- by the original cursed uh uh, crew, crew, the crew of the yeah. ship, the um, and this one is different because they're gonna do it and blah blah blah, and uh, there's lots of little cul-de-sacs or whatever, and you know the zombies are very. There's a lot going on here, but it was a very simple story. It's just a, it's just a, yeah, cur- they, a they cursed, convoluted a little. Yeah, bit, there's yeah. just a cursed, um, cursed zombie crew that originally stole these. Diamonds from where? From an Aztec it, it was, village? No, no, it's no. in it's in Africa. It's in oh, South okay, it's Africa, an Af- yeah. so it's an African uh, tribe or whatever. Yeah, and uh, and then they sank. And they became zombies. And so they're they, the protectors of the diamonds. Yeah, now. they protect it now. And 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 people have tried to steal them before because there's a ship. There's something, the Sandra the, B or the, the, Ger- the, the first. There was the German expedition yeah. in 1914. Then there was. Then there was a, a, an exploration in 1938. Now there's this one, you know. And yeah, and then there's a sub. There's the backstory of the young lady going back to see her grandmother there, and and right. then the grandmother, one of the one of the zombie guys, I guess, is the her captain. husband. Is the captain? Is yeah. So this this and lady. he's not allowed to die because he protects the zombies. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so basically, they, the 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 jewel people want to get it for the treasure, and the old lady wants him to get it. So she she says that the legend says that if they can get the the jewels and take them out of the box and you know destroy them, then all the protector zombie protectors will just go back. They'll go, die. They'll, they'll finally they'll rest, rest in, in peace. peace. Yeah, because yeah, they're not allowed to rest in peace. So she wants this this current expedition to work so she can take the diamonds and destroy them. Right, and they want to make money. <laughs> yeah, and they want it for just the good old-fashioned greed. Yeah, uh, we're introduced to uh, Allison Hayes in all of her glory. Oh my gosh, she's so. And, this is the fifty-foot, and she's so she is sultry as can be, and bitchy, and, and nasty. she is just a horrible, rotten person. They're sitting there drinking booze, like her husband's sitting there drinking booze with the with the this diver, and then the and then the the guy who's funding the expedition. And she kind of slinks over like a snake almost. Like she, yeah. her hips could kill people, you know. Yeah, right, yeah. And she kind of gets in between them. And then she ki- she makes out with this hunky diver guy. And you're like, that's your husband? Like, what? Because the husband, <laughs> husband was an older guy. The husband's a bit schlubby and he's a bit older, but he's obviously rich. Yeah. You know. And, he, and it, it's a lot of that hammy... Uh, dialogue of like, what are you gonna do with your cut, baby? I'm gonna cover you from head to toe. And it's, it's one of these know? movies that's 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 out of the 40s, but it's still struggling to get out of the 40s. <laughs> it hasn't hit the 50s yet, but no even way. though it was made in the 50s, it's still struggling between the eras. I know, I, and, and that's it. it. It is literally that fast talking, high pants yeah. kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. See, we're gonna do that, and we're gonna thing, and 
it's it's funny. Uh, it's neat. It's interesting. Uh, the there was this one shot. Uh, we're gonna jump around here. I don't think there's there, any- there was one shot. Like, we're jumping around. There's one shot that actually cracked me up. There was one part where Allison Hayes basically like gets into a fight with her husband, uh-huh. and she runs out, and then they can't find her for days. And the the old lady says, "Oh, she's they probably have her." No, it was like hours, and she said she's gone already. She's gone already. But then, but then there's a scene where she's already a zombie, and she comes back to get this guy, and the guy the guy throws a freaking candle on her head, and it just bounces off. And I was oh, just, yeah. I just heard like a stew just boop <laughs> thing going off or whatever, you know. Well, there was a when they go to rescue her because all these zombies live in a crypt in the middle of the jungle. Never explained why, but okay. Does whatever, yeah. That's just their home. But the, the, the other weird thing, i got to say this before I forget it, which is really weird. There's a scene in the beginning. Okay, at the very beginning, the, the girl's coming to see her grandmother, and they're driving. All of a sudden, oh, there's a guy in the road. Boom, they just run him over. Oh, you know? dude. Yeah. And the guy's like, don't worry about it. You know? Yeah, I'm like, th- that's one of the first shots. This, and you're like, huh? This young blonde woman who's not uh, uh, Allison Hayes, she's like the co-star female lead, you know. She's the one that's going to end up with Dirk Hunk, Hunky, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, square yeah, jaw yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. The, the diver. But, yeah, she's driving in the back of this. This is a Rolls Royce they're driving. Yeah, yeah. This is a big, expensive car. And the guy just creams. Like, these are the, these weren't the uh, 20 days, 28 days later where running yeah. around eating brain zombies. No. These are just the kind of hanging out. And these are like old dudes. <laughs> just kind of standing around zombies. They, they, you know, they're, they're government workers. They're not, they're not, like, running after things. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the guy just creams them. And, and they left, they, they, like, took a headlight and hung it down. And that's, like, to signify where he hid it. And they never fixed that headlight. No. I'm, I guarantee that headlight was not da- damaged because... A Rolls Royce, even back then, was a Rolls Royce. It wasn't a, you know. <laughs> and, and then, and then there was another scene that kind of freaked me out, and it, it, because of course my, you know, my dirty mind or whatever. But there was that scene where the girl runs out and like the zombie gets her and takes her to the cave, and the guy comes to save her. Yeah. And it's like when the when the zombie brings her to the cave, all of a sudden all these other zombies come out of the graves, and it's pretty effective. But I'm thinking, Why? what are they going to do to her? Is this yeah. going to be like a zombie um, party? Yeah. But then Allison Hayes gets zombified, so now you, my dirty mind thinks, oh, man, they did like a whatever, mm, you know, had like sex some with her, zombie, yeah. zombie gangbang or well, something like boy, that. It was weird. When Allison know? Hayes, that's one of the first times I knew who she was, and, I, you know, and of course... She wears she, a sweater well. She wears a sweater well. When she's lying in the zombie's crypt... Yeah. It looks like the uh, the Madonna wore this giant brassiere that had gigantic spikes sticking out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically what it looked like. It looked like an extremely thin brunette with yes. two gigantic breasts poking breasts. up. They, they were protruding. And then she sat up and you're like, oh, uh, can I help you? Who are you? What are you doing here? You, know, you, you kind of lose focus on what you're even seeing because of these... She was a goddess, man. Yeah. And then... Uh, but yeah, I don't know. And then... It, it was so funny because she's a zombie, but the husband's like, "No, she's not. She's just yeah. tired." You're like, "Um, she's she a zombie. No yeah, she's she cold. She's dead." They're she like, "Talk," you know, and he's like, "No." And she's the zombies not. were afraid of fire, so that was the thing they always were doing. Like they were, they were like going, "Bah," you know, like with. That was stuff. the only way you can repel them. Bullets wouldn't hurt, but fire, yeah. fire, bad. Oh, I loved it when that girl, the blonde girl, faints. When they first, because she convinces Dirk Squarejaw, the diver, to go out, to drive out to where they hit that guy, because he has to be laying there. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm up for an adventure. You're blonde, let's go. And uh, and they get there, and they're like, hmm, this is some kind of seawater. Must be where they hit him. And 
And this guy comes out of nowhere, and she goes, ee, and faints. And I was like, boy, women fainted a lot easier back then. Yeah, they also they also fell on their high heels all the time. All the time, yeah. But Dirk Squarejaw plants a, a, his diver knife directly into this guy's neck, throat. He didn't even do anything. He just does like one of those Three Stooges windmill over the hand punch and yeah. just knocks the guy out. <laughs> right. You're like, wow, you got schooled, Dirk Squarejaw. You got yeah, nothing. Yeah, You're bringing right. nothing to this fight. Yeah, and then basically it's the whole movie is them trying to get the treasure. Yeah, get get figure out how to get the treasure. Figure out how to keep the zombies at bay. Because every time you every time you go near the treasure, even even if you're underwater, they're underwater zombies. They come out from under the ship and they're fighting yeah. you underwater. So they're like they get in their like old GI Joe diving suits and oh these were the this this were the <laughs> this was the era of those suits that were like ooh I don't want to get in that it was the big gold fishbowl yeah. that people had to clamp onto you and yeah. and there was one guy working a bellows which it had that like thing from the uh, the Scooby Doo shows like that big horn on a ship I don't know what it's for yeah but. Scooby-Doo and, like, the Three Stooges would always hide in it. <laughs> I assu- I thought for sure a zombie was going to come up out of one of them and grab him. Yeah. I, I, I was like, that shot has to be because it was directly behind the guy working the bellows, which was the air. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's done. He's yeah. getting yanked down into that. I guess they couldn't afford it or no one would fit in it or whatever. But Yeah, so they, they go diving down once and they get run into zombies and they come back up and then they go back again and give it another shot and, yeah. f- and finally get the treasure. Yeah, the first time they get the first time they go down and he's like, hey, wait, you, you don't have a mask on. And they unplugged him. Yeah. And he's fighting off one guy and then finally he comes to and punches the guy out. Yeah. You know, and, the, and well, then, not out, he just punches him. Then when him they bring him up, he's coming up with like eight zombies yeah, hanging like zombies from hanging him. on him and stuff. And they, they got to, you know, fire him. I mean, they, they, these guys aren't smart because, let's just put it this way, if the zombie is afraid of fire, don't you think maybe setting him on fire might be the right thing to do, you know? When they found him in the, when they went to get Alison Hayes, why didn't they just gas him? Yeah, something. Something. They don't like fire. It means that, they, means that they're flammable. Just because they don't die doesn't mean if you hack their limbs off, they're gonna, they, then they can't get you anymore. Like it's like the it's like the in in the in, in the Monty Python movie. You know, it's only a flesh wound. Yeah. You know, the Come night. back here, I'll bite your legs <laughs> off. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, but um, it's so I basically the the grandma has her motive, but why she wants them, why she helped them find the treasure, because she wants her husband to finally rest in peace, and they're looking for money. So you know, all that's the drama behind it. And they go they go back again underwater, and they finally grab the 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 box with the treasure only problem is that zombies actually get on the ship yeah and then they got to fight them off and, and this a couple like, guys get killed and the oh whole yeah yeah yards. and these you know they didn't even take the time to bother to show you who these crew members are you, no they were the red it's shirts like from the star trek, trek. Yeah, yeah they were like total the red, red shirts, shirts yeah, you know yeah right yeah. like okay well these guys aren't gonna run yeah yeah you got something you want to say oh no this? i'm just kind of looking over my notes i had to take notes on this one because uh, i i i was watching it more than more than noting it, noting it. Like I found myself really into this movie. I like it wasn't it. bad. It was no, good. It was okay. I was wondering how they did that underwater scene. Okay. I don't know how they did it. Like it, they were underwater, but they yeah, couldn't I, have been. I don't know. I like I don't know how they filmed that scene. It was uh, it was just really well, interesting. Well, didn't they have green screen back then? In '55 or whatever. But yeah, but the, yeah, but the effects were very convincing. Okay. Even the bubbles right. coming out of their stuff okay. and I don't know. I don't know how they did it. Uh, one of the funniest things is he's he when he's doing when he's getting ready to go down the second time like there was a very tumultuous relationship between uh, Dirk Squaredraw the diver and uh, the 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 jerk husband 
and and the guy that was running the uh, the whole yeah. show, who was a doctor who didn't really care about the money. He was there for oh, whatever. And they're like arguing. And he's like, yeah, see, and Derek Squarejaw is, is like, it, it's my that's that's me having trouble you know, with oxygen down there, not you when the zombies come. He's smoking a cigarette. He just like flicks a cigarette, and they just like bolt that helmet on him. It was one of those scenes where you're like, "Wow, fifties, you were crazy!" Like he's yelling at him while he's smoking a cigarette. He's like, "Now let's go. I need some oxygen." And he just flicks a cigarette into the ocean and puts the helmet on. You're like, "Wow." Another one that cracked me up was towards the end when they're trying to escape on the boats, and like you know the old the you know Alison Hayes' husband is like sitting there, and like he's got the he's got the box which which he think has the jewels in it, and she grabs it from, him, and when he tries to snatch it from her she just gets the box and clunks him on the head with oh it. yeah just like clunk awesome. oh yeah she's like oh yeah clunky i got it banging, yeah head banging in this or you know so to speak and yeah and and it, it was it was a fun movie and then um, and then, and then and, uh, well then basically at the end they, they're able to get the diamonds and even yeah, see, even though the dirk square jaw hides them in a in a, in a sack in a sack and then but he leaves the box and the other guy, you know, the uh, evil Joe, the evil Joe, evil Joe and, and takes zombie off the Allison. Yeah. They're like thinking that thinking that there's something in it. Yeah. But then when the zombies get it, they go, oh, well, they took the box. They'll never, you know, we'll, we got the diamonds now. But then the zombies halfway through, I guess, realize that, hey, like, there's mm, nothing in they here. They shook yeah, it with right. mm, dumb dummy box and threw it down. So then they came back. So, yeah. So they're getting ready to escape. But grandma basically convinces Dirk Square John, listen, they're going to come back. You know, I'm not going to leave this place. You know, the only way that I don't get killed or whatever, we end this thing, is for you to throw away all the diamonds. Yeah. So they basically do. See, now this this is the part, this is the only part that was weird to me. Because he was like, why don't we just go? We ha- we're, we're, we're millionaires from these diamonds. He's basically saying, what, are they going to track us down in, in, in uh, New York? But, she, but he loved the girl... Yeah. And he saw that grandma's yeah. husband was never going to rest in peace. So right, I guess right. He did and I, and that's why. But but it was one of those things where he was so truthful. He's like, look, I'm going to take these to New York. The truth, I'll sell yeah. them. We'll be millionaires. They'll be split up into pieces and gone all over the world. There's like eight of these stupid zombies. They're never. There would never be a consequence from that, you know. But it was. But it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, the part that interested me most was. Like, how do they make a zombie? How did they make Alan? I mean, all this stuff was never explained. I'd like no, to see a remake of it. No, just magic. Oh, I know. And and then also, like, she, her her way of destroying the diamonds is, the, I'm throwing up air quotes here, was dumping them over the side of a dinghy, a rowboat? Yeah, she's throwing them in the water. In, like, a mud puddle. I'm like, I, there they are. I, I can see them. Can I grab it now? Like, now that yeah. they're dead and gone, can yeah. I just pick it up now? I know, but... I would have. I would have just been like, wait, watch to see if he comes back. I'm going to grab this diamond. And I would lift it up, and I would be like, anyone see him? Anyone? Okay, I'm, I'm I'm taking all these back now. Okay, right? wait till the zombies. Oh, the zombies are dis- disintegrating. Let's get them now. And yeah. Get them okay. Okay. It was weird. Well, what you do is instead of throwing out the diamonds, you throw away like rocks or something. The zombies like, <laughs> oh, okay. Now we can go rest in peace. And you're like, psych. Yeah. Burn zombies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, there's no so happily ever after. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the thing about Alison Hayes was she was a great actress of B movies in the '50s. Did westerns, horror, sci-fi. But her career kind of like got cut short because like by the 60s, she got some kind of illness, lead poisoning from some calcium really? supplement. Yes, she, she was taking some calcium supplement. Then she started getting like pains in her legs and she couldn't walk real well. And then she was in her early 40s and she was reading something one day and she said something about like lead poisoning causes these effects. And she went to a doctor and the first ones were like, no, no, no. But finally one guy goes, yeah, you've been poisoned by this 
thing, and she basically died in 1977. She wasn't even 50, I don't think, oh, of wow. lead poisoning, and I think she ended up getting leukemia and all this stuff, mm. but yeah, her career was really cut short, and I think the last thing she did was like an episode of Gomer Pyle in 67 or something, but, but after like the 60s, she didn't really do much, you know. I, I, I she get, was on General Hospital. I say. bet you that she would have come back um, as like very attractive, mature woman. Oh, yeah, like, she, cause looked, you, she looked, I she mean, looked like she was going to age well. Like, that's what I mean. Like, she was very attractive, very um, confident yeah. on screen. When she yeah. came on, you knew you knew who you saw. Like, you were like, wow. She Even as the evil woman, I'm like, man, she's like her presence, you know, on the screen yeah, was really was, nice. She you know? was. It was she's, she's almost like a Betty Page. She had that charisma yep, that translated. She made, honest. like, the, the blonde girl, like, just schlubby. Or the blonde or, girl was beautiful, Yeah, too. and she was average looking <laughs> when yeah, she was standing was next to her. Yeah, you're like, wow. is definitely like an iconic uh, B-movie yeah. of so, the 50s. That's it. Um, I mean, this is definitely a recommend for me. I would, yeah, oh, I, yeah, I, I would yeah. give this like an eight. Yeah, I'd give it an eight too. That's exactly you what know, I was going to say. Because this one could, I wouldn't mind a remake of this one. As I long as it's either. not extreme. Just, Th- you know. would make it extreme. I wouldn't mind a remake. Maybe just make it a little longer and explain a few things. Yeah, can you just tell the story? I, I don't need like, you know, CGI super zombies that can lift boats and shit. Yeah. But that's no, what, it, but unfortunately when you say a remake, that's what it has to be and then it ruins it. It's on know. Netflix in parts so you can watch it. It's only like 70 something minutes or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's a, oh, it's a short little movie. It's and not it's, like and it's, it's, uh, and it's and it's, and it's, and it's a great time. It's a great creature feature. It is. Great totally, Saturday totally, uh, creature feature. Totally a fun is, movie. Which is what we love here. All right, cool. That's it for this week. Uh, I'm Mal with me as always. Dr. Morbius. And thank you very much, Joust. We, hey, and if you guys want to send in, yeah. You can click on the comments in the slowrobotagogo.wordpress.com or you can email direct me at z-e-n-b-o-n-e at hotmail.com. Let's see if you could write a better letter than Joust, huh? Yeah, I doubt it. You know, slackers. <laughs> <laughs>